0: Better Fashion Statement, Gareth Ainsworth's Depeche Mode Cover Band 1980s Leather Jacket, or Wickham Goalkeeper's Tropical Flavored Bomb Pop Kit? Those questions and more will be answered on this week's edition of the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Nostro, and I'm in a, I wouldn't call it a tropical mood per se. I made an Old Fashioned, which is not a bourbon Old Fashioned. Old Fashioned is a taxonomy. It is spirit bitter and sugar and the spirit this week is uh jamaican rum appleton estate reserve it really should be an aged rum i didn't have any aged rum but it works quite nicely a little demerara simple syrup angostura bitters and we are off and running making his own fashion statement this week in new jersey wearing his jordan rhodes kit backwards it's patty jones patty what are you drinking
1: Hi hey Jeff, how you doing? Uh, guys, not only is Jordan Rose back, I am back. Uh, I am drinking a full fat, uh, heavy beer. I am off the diet. It is uh, a wonderful time to be alive. Uh, I have lost all my weight and I'm back on the good stuff. I've got an Imperial Pilsner uh, from New Jersey Beer Company. Clear skies and fireflies, positive vibes. <laughs> it's uh, 8.4%. I had one on, um, on Saturday night. And, you're, uh, you're going to be vibing at a very high frequency by the end of this podcast. <laughs> I had one Saturday night. I had one. I was the entire night. That's all I it needed. It was fantastic. My um, my tolerance for uh, high alcohol beer seemingly disappeared
0: uh, during my diet phase. In New England, it's Justin DeSorger. Justin, what are you drinking?
2: Hey, Jeff. Good to see you. Um, so I am drinking a
0: Harpoon
2: uh, brewery, a kind of well-known Boston brewery. They're Mike's Pastry Cannoli Stout. brewed mm. with lactose, uh, cocoa nibs, vanilla, cannoli shells, and uh, natural flavors added, 7.3% alcohol. So I did this for two reasons. One, because I was looking for a stout the other day, and this caught my eye. Um, I figured I would give it a try. It's, I guess, like most of my beer reviews on here. It's fine. <laughs> nothing that nothing I'm that, not big uh, on the lactose, like out. the
0: pastry stouts and the milkshake IPA. Yeah, it's not my well, favorite thing so in the world.
2: It's just, it's a Boston thing. And mm-hmm. it's the big Boston thing. Everybody loves to come and go to the North End and get Mike's Pastry Cannolis. But the people who know mm. go to the Modern Pastry. And that's the <laughs> type of shit that will have you rolling in Hanover Street, fist fighting with some people who <sighs> get pretty worked up about their Boston cannoli.
1: At the end of this uh, season, we're going to do a, a kind of cut-up of all uh, Justin's beer yeah. reviews. <laughs> it's just going to be, it's fine. My friend got in me. I did, hey, I don't like it.
0: Leave the podcast. Take the cannoli. Here's the agenda. <laughs> we'll review the Millwall Wickham games. We'll do some more manager odds. And then we will preview another freaking two-fixture week. We'll start with the Millwall review. Uh, not so good. Wednesday lost 4-1. And... <laughs> We can uh, we can unpack this at our leisure. I think we will spend less time on this in the Wickham Game. Maybe not. Uh, I am doing my talking point is praise then grumble. I praised Neil Thompson's team selection and subs last week. I have a little bit bone to pick. When I saw there was only one change at Millwall for the third game in a week, I was a little worried the team might get a little leggy. And sure enough, in the second half, they got a little leggy. And then the substitutions didn't like. I think it might have gone that way anyway, but I didn't really like the like the way he sort of changed the, the shape of the squad, and we seemed to get even less defensively organized for the last half hour or 40 minutes trying to hold on to something. And I don't know. The two goals to go 2-1 and 3-1 were a little fluky in their own way, but also felt like they were coming, so I don't know what to do with that.
1: Yeah, um, I agree, Jeff. Uh, I, I feel like um, we, regardless of the substitutions, uh, we would have probably lost that second half I anyway. mean, there's
0: only so much you can do with squad rotation with some of the injuries they're dealing with again, too. But I think you needed to, as we saw in the Wickham game, just get some fresh legs, freshen up the formation a little bit, and you get a better result. Granted, Wickham, not quite as good as Millwall. Not that Millwall I thought were particularly impressive.
1: Millwall were dreadful in that first half. Yeah. They were as bad as Wickham were today. Um, but one thing I think he did get right, uh, which I uh, didn't think necessarily impacted stuff, he took Penny off uh, from Kadeem Harris. Uh, and I think Penny had another uh, bad game. I think Penny... I, w- I wrote in my notes that um, positionally, uh, Penny is dreadful. Uh, he's all over the place. Uh, he's, he's not re- really ever in a defensive situation. But he can put a good cross in. So it's kind of like, do you put up with that uh, in order to get the odd good crossing? Uh, when we kind of struggled to get good crosses in most of the season. Now, you can fast forward to Wickham's game today and say, hey, that's bullshit. because We had some good crosses of the ball uh, that game. But we have struggled with that kind of left side crossing most of the season. So I do understand his positives, Penny. But what he gives us going forward, he's, he's one of the worst left-sided defensive players. <laughs> Uh, players we've got. Um, So Uraghidi and Hutchinson uh, in some respects had to cover quite a lot for him on that left-hand side.
2: I thought, yeah, Patty, it's a great point because right away, Harris made a thumping tackle on uh, Romeo, uh, trying to advance the ball. And Romeo had really pushed the ball up the the field down our left side for much of that first half. That was really the only thing that they had going forward. um, And Harris kind of shut that down pretty quickly so i think that was a good sub um i will say this i i think jeff you're probably right um on the general sense that you know you got to rotate the squad and that the substitutions didn't really work out but i mean it's not exactly my talking point for this but i walked out of that first half of that game thinking christ we should be up two to three nothing Mm -hmm. you know and if that's the case um i don't think we're talking about how uh Thompson's uh, was too slow on the substitutions of the rotation. We're talking about a first half that we let get away from us. And and to be honest, though, it may have been more how bad Millwall was than how good we were. I mean, they were shocking defensively.
0: That pitch was shocking too.
2: Oh, they've all been recently. Haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of we games. We've talking about a lot this. of games, Bad. Weather. a lot of games, bad weather. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I will say the, uh, the goal, that uh, which the start of the goal, I think we, we laughed on here a while ago about the uh, Simpsons uh, joke about soccer where they have the three guys <laughs> pass the ball back and forth. That whole play started with Lees and Dunk and Hutch doing that. Just the back three going back for so long that I looked away from the screen because I knew nothing was happening. And suddenly I looked up and Penny was bursting down the left side with the ball <laughs> to put it in for Kachunga. So apparently their uh, Simpton, Simpsons tactic worked.
1: That's not been something we've done regularly, though. I mean, other than the Stoke game, which we spoke about at length now, and we might have to go re- re- revisit it later on as a podcast. I mean, that seemed a very strange tactic uh, to deploy uh well, maybe it's just we were tired. The that was why we were doing it. But I, I also noted that in my thing, in my notes too. Justin, we seemed to pass it back and forth in that back in the back three for five minutes almost before Bannon got bored and just kind of like set Kachunga free. And it seemed a little Millwall in some kind of like hypnotic kind of trance, just completely fell
2: asleep. Um, well, so, yeah. they, they weren't going to step up until we got it over the halfway line, you know. And right. that's so what happened. We're going to see that again. <laughs> but We'll get. Uh, We'll
0: get to that well that brings us to patty's talking point the enigma that is callum patterson
1: yeah um i changed this i was gonna talk generically about how we wasted three points which i think we did i think the we middle were there for the taking um um but i'm, I'm gonna pivot to uh, callum patterson talking point because i don't think as a podcast we've really um understood or appreciated or really kind of got what patterson's game wait wait is... as a
0: podcast Patty? <laughs> yeah well Excuse- would you remember <laughs> i'm sharing the blame here i guys. feel like i can also put a collection of comments that you've made about callum patterson into as a world. podcast
1: <laughs> we've we been pretty down on callum patterson i think uh... <laughs> i've never had a problem no, none of us had a problem. We just, I, we just didn't really necessarily ever call him out. No no one's ever put Callum Patterson as a talking point for the last fucking uh, first half of the season. No one's ever like really mentioned much about him. I mean, he put some effort in. That's about as much as mentioned he gets. Now, I'm trying to right those wrongs, guys. I mean, st- don't, don't shoot the messenger here. I'm, I'm <laughs> the one that's trying to give us the positive vibes for Callum Patterson. Um, so I think um, I figured him out. I think I know who he is. Uh, he, he's just... His positional awareness is is very good. He seems to be where we want him to be all the time. He can put himself about. He does win more headers than he expects him to because he's not a big, tall guy. Um, and I'm starting to see his strengths, and that's something that uh, I struggled with for the first half of the season. He's got seven goals for us now. That's that's, that's all right. That's not a bad return for like one half of a season. Uh, all right, they're all scrappy ugly goals well, um, it's
0: you know we need the championship it's yeah. a bottom yeah, half championship yes. team <laughs> sometimes you need yeah. a po- i would even call it like a he doesn't really score poachers goals per se because
1: <laughs> he scores the goals that a poacher well he misses the goals that a poacher <laughs> would score but then he gets the follow-up or he yeah. gets a bounce off his arsenal like that. uh yeah so I'm, I'm i'm turning around into a Callum Patterson, uh, fan. Uh, just because he's scoring goals, um, and he puts a lot of, uh, I think he does help the team a lot as well. And as far as the shape of that forward line, he, he kind of mm-hmm. is quite. Um, uh, what's the one like, called? Disciplined uh, mm-hmm. in that kind of like role. Uh, he, and he, he does kinda...
0: kind of like play the. He's not as good as Stephen Fletcher, but he is able to like he is very sort of positionally like he'll drop down, he'll drop in to link up when need be, but he doesn't push it that far.
1: Right, and I also think there are a lot of work is off the ball. Just, just annoying defenders. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a big unit, and it must knock him out constantly. Have to fight with him the entire time. He doesn't always win the ball, but he'll give them a tussle, and I like that about him. He's, he's, not a fantastic player. He's one of those players that will go down in like a Wednesday. if he stays, sticks around for another year or so, uh, and he continues in this vein. He's one of those players that will go down for someone that's not a flashy kind of guy, but is just a good kind of work ethic and. He, He'll just grind out people down too, and I, and I, I'm I'm starting to warm to him a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my positive point, Carl And I'll shoot you all down, you negative naysayers. Well,
2: he's he's one of those guys. And Jeff will recognize this reference, but Bill James uh, talked about years ago about players that are in baseballs referring to, but athletes in general players that are overrated versus underrated. And one of the aspects of being underrated is when you don't do any one particular skill at a super high level, but Cal Patterson's pretty good at just about everything. Right. And he's not great in anything, but he, he gets about, he works hard. He finds himself in good positions. He's actually not bad with the ball at his feet. Um, You know, he, he can put in a tackle, he can win a header, like, th- there's a lot of things that he does very solidly, but nothing that stands out, and I think that gets lost in a sport where, you know, everybody freaks out over somebody's 30-yard uh, thunderbass. Well, he almost had one against Wickham. <laughs> yes,
0: I did not yes. know he had that club in his uh, bag.
2: That was a great move. Let's
1: talk about oh. later on. Let's, mm. let's note that.
0: We'll move from the striker to the goalkeeper. And Justin's talking point: My bad, Westy.
2: Yeah, I'm actually going to shorten that up real quick cuz I should have done something else as my talking point. I'm going to do that on the fly, but hmm. I have been um kind of publicly anti Kieran Westwood for the last few years. Uh not You're gonna that say I just the best him. he
0: was the best player on the pitch in a 4-1 loss, which he was.
2: <laughs> yes, he was. Um and you know, I've always been a huge Westwood fan, but there's been a lot of issues on and off the field and I also don't think his caliber of play has been that great. And I think people are raving about his work from three years ago. That said uh, not just in that game, but the last few games, he looks like he's coming into the kind of form that makes him one of the best goaltenders outside of the premier league in his current form. I think he's been, I think he's been outstanding last basically since Neil Thompson came back. Um, He's been on a great run
0: think some of that is just, you know, he really hasn't played that much over the last two or three years and it might take him Sure you know, six, seven matches to just sort of get the get the timing and everything else, the you know, just get your sea legs back basically. But yeah, I think I didn't he's think they out. were
2: gonna come back. Yeah. So
0: and he's like thirty seven. And I know yeah. keeper I know keepers, you know, can last longer in the
2: Well, the actual talking point I wanted to move to, um, and no offense, Karen, I, I've made my apologies, so we'll go from there, but is, I think that I've stuck up for Joey Pelopesi more than anybody else on this podcast, maybe as much as anybody else in Wednesday fandom, and yes, I've called him limited, and yes, I've, I've admitted that he's not a great footballer, but I've always stuck up for Joey Pelopassi. I would have substituted him the second he fucking gave up that penalty just to fucking prove a point because the entire game turned on that stupid, unnecessary penalty where we'd been dominating them. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give Joey too much shit, but at the same time that that was the turning point of the game. And I think that's what cost us.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's two stupid penalties we've given away. I mean, Hutch, Hutch gets a pass because it's Hutch. But I mean, Pelopressi will never get a pass because it's Joey Pelopressi. Um But they're both stupid penalties to give away. And uh, we were lucky um, with the Hutch one. We got, we got away with it. Um, but true, it turned the game.
0: Well, now turn our attention to the Wickham game and a very necessary 2-0 win on my talking point, a very, very ugly Hillsborough pitch. Now we've had some fun with the with the road pitches in recent weeks, but not the uh not the finest state for the old gal. And it kind of I think marred what was a pretty dominant performance that could have been more if they could keep the passes from bobbling past them down the wings.
2: Or falling down every time. Or falling Josh down, turns. yeah,
0: there was some slippage, yeah. Um but all in all it was just I mean the Bannon Reach interplay was great. I thought, you know, Harris and Reach on the wings were dominant. But when you consider in context that Callum Patterson was beating them for pace down the channels and like Jordan Rhodes was beating people down the wings, yeah, you would expect Reach and Harris to have a good game. <laughs> I did like that they had Akin Fenwa on and then brought off a striker that was slightly skinnier, but basically the same shape as Akin Fenwa. They've <laughs> got <a> type. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Boy, Harris. Harris. Owned, owned that right side. Early, he figured that out, and that was that was he was just we we knew we were going to him all day. Uh, they like, couldn't other, they couldn't slow him down.
0: No one really ever. They never actually like tried to double him like some teams will do when they know they're beat for pace by uh by Harris and have kind of been able to bottle him in. But I mean, Wickham are just poor. I have no idea how they lost the reverse figure fixture, but they did what they had to do and took care of business and. You take your three points, you get out of the drop zone on goal difference and you move on.
1: If it was a tactical decision by Thompson to put Harris on the right rather than the left, uh, then t- my, I'll tip my hat because that obviously worked wonders. Uh, still think He hasn't played on the right much at all. Kadim Harris is he, he's mainly a left-sided player. Um, so it, to put him in there instead of say Palmer, um, he just absolutely tore a beater to pieces at that, uh, left back position. Uh, not once did he get anywhere near him. And for once, uh, I was saying to Justin off off uh, offline that uh, his delivery was good too. Now that might be because he had so much more time Hours than he used to, to those. Take Yeah, yeah. Uh, but a couple of times he we whipped it in, and uh, uh, it was either back deep to the back post or straight onto uh, Rhodes or Patterson's head. Uh, he was just he looked. Unstoppable. And now how much that is down to the left back uh, Wickham compared to uh, his talent. But I think maybe a rest over the last few weeks uh, here and there might have helped him as well. So I'm hopeful that um, Harris is going back to his best after today's performance.
2: And some confidence from Bournemouth, right? Uh, A small but legitimate contribution with that perfect cross.
0: Definitely. Also back to his best, Paddy's talking point, the new Jordan Rhodes. The new and improved, or maybe
1: just replaced, Jordan Rhodes. Uh, we had we had a little minute to talk about this beforehand, me and Justin, as uh, Jeff was uh, tending to his baby, um, and we noticed it. One more thing. So first of all, I, I think that um, what we saw. Um, what we've seen over the past few games for Jordan Rhodes has been much better, right? So we commented, I think, a few games ago before he scored the goal against Bournemouth, one before that, um, where he came on and he just looked more physical. He was winning the balls. He was laying the ball off. He just looked like a much stronger, more confident player. And that was the little cameo he gave us. Then obviously he scored the winner against Bournemouth with that fantastic header from Kadim Harris's cross. But today, uh, he got a full 90 minutes. Or not full minutes. He got, he got a start at least. Um and we saw a different kind of Jordan Rhodes. He uh, had an untucked shirt, which is uh, edgy. Ooh. Uh, he's got he's grown his beard out quite a little bit. Is growing his hair a little bit, but more like a coiffured. He just looks like um, a man on a mission. Uh, but then Justin threw something at me, which uh, I didn't notice at the time, but actually maybe this is even more suspect, is that he used his fingers taped, Jordan Rhodes. Uh, usually his ring, his ring finger. On his left sides and sometimes he does them both taped together, Justin pointed it out. And we didn't notice that today. So is that a big gimme that this might not be the same person that we signed four years ago? <laughs> I know name.
0: people in the uh, New York Times WhatsApp have pointed out he does look fitter and faster now. Right. Are we gonna start a new thing called J N on? <laughs> we can start <laughs>
1: we can start a conspiracy theorist forum that John it Rhodes is... is-
2: he was pressing well today. He, he was getting up on it. He like was getting said, up th- on
1: it. Where has this been for four years? This is, this is not like him. This, this is. Well, he got n-
2: over his finger injury.
1: <laughs> 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 his, four, his battle with his four, it's been four years. He's had that finger taped up for the last 10 years of his career. <laughs> and maybe that uh, tucking in his shirt has really restricted his movement. He's untucked it, he's freed his fingers, and my oh my. What, hey, isn't it
2: me. isn't it nice to see, though, like, we have all always rooted for Jordan Rhodes since Huddersfield, but like, whatever, wherever he, Plymouth, I don't even remember where he first appeared, but, like, we have all rooted for him, and we all wanted him on the team, and him coming in and not working out has been horribly just sad, like, I can't even, you can't even get mad at him, it's just sad that it hasn't worked out. So, also
0: very to financially inconvenient. Success,
2: oh horribly horribly so Joe. good call but like that hat trick against Forrest was that was one of my favorite things I've seen over the last three four seasons that, that was awesome and and to see the form he's in not only is it good for the team it just it feels good you know
0: I know there's been some like uh consternation that he's just doing it for his next contract or whatever like fine if he scores goals and keeps yes. the team up this year <laughs> go wherever you want make whatever money you want you know hail and, a rolling and contract
1: every year for us great yeah. I think it was last week that we signed him to uh, to obviously score the goals to get to promotion and if he ends up being the person that saves us from relegation I'm fine with that
0: it'll be very Wednesday
1: yeah um, but yeah um, whether it's actually Jordan Rhodes or Jordan Rhodes R-O-A-D-Z uh, I'm fine as long as he scores those, uh, those goals for us
0: Justin's talking point nice to win the game you're supposed to
2: yeah, I thought we just – we we are – there. there's not a lot of teams we can say that we're better than them, right? Mm. Not in this division in any no. case. And we're better than Wickham, and we should beat Wickham. And I, I, I thought – credit to Wickham. Um, you know, they they play. You know, I've seen them um, – some them televised against somebody about a month ago, too. And, like, they come out and they try. And they – you know, for the first 10 minutes, you could argue they were the better team. But at the I same had, time, there was chances. no – for the most part, it didn't feel dangerous, though. Yeah, you know. it was the one counter like, attack, basically. Yes, they they probably should have finished that, and that maybe even could have been a penalty, I guess. Other people seem more confident in that than me, but you know, it wasn't. Overall, you know, Wickham had a couple stretches, but it was really nice to see us be the better team and then actually be the better team.
0: <laughs> I also do want to give a shout out here to. Saze Urghahide just leaning on Akinfenwa for every cross that came in, just trying to put his whole twenty-year-old frame to push the mountain of <laughs> yeah, the hill. Just like, yeah, if they call a penalty, they call a penalty, but he's not getting anywhere near this cross. If I could help it, I will say the one header where he's literally like doing the full-on like collar and elbow WWE tie-up, and Akinfenwa is still able to head it is pretty impressive. I just like watching Akinfenwa play. Uh, even though he seems to got bigger, he's like twice. He's like so. He's so big. It, he ridiculous. I mean,
2: he's is he forty? Like <laughs>
0: that's yeah. I think he was. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you you start hitting this age, but it just it goes it goes quick. You do yeah, take rec- care of More
0: that. rectangular,
2: yeah. Yeah, he's a big boy. Can I give a uh, Can I give a quick shout to uh, Liam Shaw? That was sure, really no, nice He was quite too. good. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, I had some real issues with the midfield where I thought that. Shaw was playing too far up at times, and uh, I thought, probably more importantly to that, Hutchinson was playing too far back. And it just really, you know, I was joking with Patty before, it brought back our donut shape a little bit. Um, As he pointed out correctly, well, the fact that we utilize that donut through our strong wing play. uh, but So I wasn't thrilled with the midfield overall, but, man, I feel like I'd forgotten how good... Liam Shaw is that pass he made down the left side to uh, Adam Reach, where it was like outside of the right boot and put a little not only side spin, but backspin on it to just kind of drop it in his path. That was phenomenal, uh, phenomenal skill. Um, and shortly after, he had a touch ball came over the middle to him. Uh, just outside of their 18 and he one touched it out wide to somebody later. He had a header, uh, one touch header off a of clearance, put it right to somebody's feet. Like kids got a great touch, man. I'm, yeah. I'm a
0: big Liam Shaw fan. Let's, gonna let's be, keep uh, that train rolling. Fun to watch in the European league next year for Celtic. <laughs> 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 uh, but I think uh, that... Thanks Jeff. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Cause he basically was a like for like substitution for Joey Pellipassi. And we sort of talk about Pellipassi, sort of being anonymous in a bad way. I think Shaw was almost anonymous in a good way. Like, you really, like, you notice everything that he did, but you, like, until you would mentioned it, like, I remember watching the game, like, oh, Shaw's playing a really good game. But he's just that sort of perfect pivot engine at the base of the midfield.
1: Yeah, I would have liked to have been, been more involved. I think, like I like say that, that move down the left that he set off with the outside mm. of his right boot um, was a beautiful move.
0: Uh, we touched on it earlier on. They didn't Reach really need kind of, to be though, was the thing. Like Bannon, and, Bannon, and Reach, and Harris were interplaying. Yeah, but round. I didn't really know what his role was
1: supposed to be because he's he's played right. centre half, he's played defensive midfielder, he's played a central mid- attacking midfielder. I wasn't quite sure what his role was in this game because he seemed a little bit lost without that kind of purpose. Um, but when we had when he had the ball, he looked good, but positionally. I'm not entirely sure what his role was in that midfield three. Now, Hutch obviously came in and filled the Pelopesi role because he wasn't playing centre-half. He was playing that defensive midfield role. So he, he was kind of playing, Shaw was kind of playing the Luongo kind of box-to-box, but he didn't really get in his foot on the ball much. Um, like I say, I, th- I feel like when you're moving a young guy around that much in a, in a formation, he's likely going to get lost every now and again. So uh, thankfully this time it was against a, a poor Wickham side, so we didn't really uh, get found out because of it.
0: Before we get lost in this portion of the show, we'll take a break, come back, cover the Wednesday news and our two match previews. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. Callum Patterson, player of the month. I think it was one of the seven players we mentioned last week, Fatty.
1: Sure we did then because we so underappreciate Colin Patterson in this mm. podcast, as you all know. Uh but yeah, it actually took me by surprise. I know I'm the only one that's not really um paying much attention to Callum Patterson, hence mm. my grovelling apology earlier on. Um but I get it. I get yeah. why he was voted man of the match. I think I said that it should be Bannon because he was consistent last week. Um but yeah, fair. Mm. I'm fine with that. I think it was a I think we had, had a lot of good team performances yeah. uh, in January um, so it's hard to crown one player but I'm fine with that yeah
0: we also got oh, to... I,
2: you have five goals or four goals yeah I mean... really yeah, yeah. <laughs> See?
1: you just kind of yeah. go, Moses passed without really making much attention to himself
0: I mean the only thing attention-grabbing there is his nickname apparently <laughs> horse <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, we're getting the horse emoji the rest of the season now, if he nice. does anything man there's no doubt uh,
0: from the horse to a horse's ass perhaps uh, so there's been more details revealed about Eric Alonso leaving the club if he was ever actually involved with the club it's unclear Tefan uh, Chancery came out and said that he was actually fronting a takeover bid from a group of Indonesian investors the has ah, a fucking championship, man. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know what to do with this. Like
1: Yes, I, I, I'm I am just gonna say bullshit. Because I mean, this guy, as I said before on the podcast, he's the guy that's DMing people on social media saying he's a shareholder and all this bullshit on Instagram, uh, saying that he's been trying to convince Chancellor to do the right thing, he's currying favor with the fans. And maybe it was all meant to lead up to this. Maybe that's why it was. Hoping to get to uh, this kind of bid for the club, uh, but it just strikes me as a fucking lying chancer who wants some social media fame. It it's always always seems to come off with me. He doesn't seem to have much to back up any of the claims he's had. I've seen a number of tweets on uh, online about uh, him and his links to other clubs, and people have reached out to those clubs to ask him what position he plays a part in in their club, and they've all said he has no. They have no idea who he is. It just seems a complete and utter like. I don't know, douchebag. I, I'm not quite sure what else to say to him. Um, is he and, just a
2: grifter? Is that his yeah. whole like backstory, just floating around?
1: He's the equivalent of that guy that got into all those photos of Man United players and like World Cup teams and stuff <laughs> like that. He's, he's that kind of annoying douchebag that is now bothering our club. And uh, God help us if you actually get some money to uh, to buy Siri out, but it doesn't seem like he's got any of this cash that he claimed to have so
0: and you know honestly devil you know in this case like say what you will about the chairman yeah. but he seems more accountable than a group of mysterious anonymous possibly fictional indonesian investors
1: and the guy no, that just wants to call. dm people on twitter yeah yeah so yeah Fuck if <laughs> that's not clear
0: <laughs> well now wasn't there a brazilian player who yeah uh, i know what your story had, like, you're throwing like
2: 15 year career Never actually played. Right. Like, literally may not have been good. That's, that's <laughs> Alonzo's gig.
1: <laughs> Probably his agent.
0: <laughs> we'll move from Indonesian investors to dispatches from Bulgarian soccer.
2: Go, Jeff. Go on, Jeff.
0: According to Instat, Preslav Borikov is ranked sixth among most effective strikers under 21 based on, I guess, shots per goal. He's right ahead of João Pedro, so there you go. Uh, Unsurprisingly, the number one player on this list is Erling Holland, who has 3.4 shots per goal, which is pretty ludicrous when you think about it. Am I saying Preslav Borokov is almost as good as Erling Holland? I I, I can't account for any interpretation listeners might make from that statement.
1: Let's just say that you're an original Preslav Borokov stan. Yeah. So when he becomes like sure. the next Ibrahimovic, we were there. The podcast were there. Remember, we were a we group. <laughs> whatever one of us says, whatever one of us says, we all represent the podcast.
0: Six goals and 14 appearances for Atara this year, by the way.
2: Was was that stat age related, though?
0: Under 21. I, I believe
2: it was under 21. Right. Yeah. I mean, hey, I. We all heard about him coming in he had these raw tools and mm. then he didn't really do anything so 99.9 percent of us sold him out but jeff i'm, I'm rooting for this but i am <laughs> i mean i'm
1: just glad we had some news to talk about this week because it's pretty quiet other than <laughs> preslav Borokov being re- ranked the
2: sixth most effective striker uh, <laughs> and eric talk- alonso being crazy <laughs> yeah.
0: there was oh, a uh, uh, i, I will add year? uh we were we were very close to getting Dispatches from Czechos uh, sorry, be careful here. From Czech Republic soccer. Because apparently he was uh, linked. <laughs> uh, Wednesday fans will appreciate this. From at Schumann's Coup on Twitter, which seems legitimate. Transfer News. Atar <laughs> striker Preslav Borokov, who spent a few years at Sheffield Wednesday's Academy, is reportedly on the verge of joining Czech side Slovan Liberic. Borokov is in the Czech, is already in the Czech Republic, expecting his medical. With both teams having already agreed to the move. So, like Ben Marshall, still waiting for the medical. There,
1: is he trying to force his own move? Like uh, he's got in the car and drove there himself.
0: I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the next item on the agenda is we're not doing manager odds. Uh, we are, in fact, doing <laughs> Jeff, throw, throw
2: that new guy out.
0: I am. Uh, I so shot my
2: pants when you threw that out. This
0: Cosmin week. Contra is a uh, third favorite. You're now. making him up. You're making him up now. I'm Sorry. <laughs> no. At twelve to one. Uh, Cosmin Contra. Cosmin Contra. If you don't know who he is, I've already forgotten who he down, is. Yeah, Other yeah, than right, he's Romanian. B A B A. Select start. Yes. Isn't that a Vampire Weekend album? <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> currently the manager at uh, Dynamo Bucharest. Maybe he's already been fired a second time at Dynamo Bucharest. Uh, before that, he was—he uh, failed to qu- qualify Romania from the group stage for Euro two thousand twenty slash two thousand twenty-one slash I don't know two thousand twenty-two. Maybe at this point, um, Is the Romanian national manager. He was for two years for the entire uh, European qualifying cycle. cycle. Yeah. All right, call me interested. Keep going. He uh, managed Getafe, a real side. Yeah, he uh, kept them up in La Liga. Oh, he got them promoted and then kept them up.
1: Jeff, uh, what's his experience in the uh, Saudi Arabian League like?
0: Uh he has not managed in the Saudi Arabian <laughs> League, but he has uh, managed in the Chinese a key Super League. The Chinese Super League? Oh, there we go. That's one of them. Yeah, so you got that going for you. Um yeah, I don't know. It was like reported I think that he interviewed somewhere. God knows what it was with Canciri or Eric Alonso or whoever. He played Um, for the Romanian League. He's a a Romanian national team player as well. Yeah. He played for fucking AC Milan and Atletico Madrid. Not bad. Yeah.
1: What's his managerial stats like? So look, shall we?
0: (laughs) Um, We got (laughs) all Wikipedia surfing.
1: 45% Forty-five percent win percentage rate—that's not bad. Yeah, He's in he's in the scope. I mean, we never shoot for anyone over fifty percent, so that's good. Yeah. I do worry about his lack of Saudi Arabian management, though. <laughs> I mean, that's really going to fail him so, when it comes to entire manager. Uh, no, that's
0: as a that's a player. Oh, he's like a player. He won like the Romanian Cup. Is anyone else This lack you? of
2: manager news is he killing us. He won two different Romanian <laughs> so Slowly making well, us all crazy. So, I mean, uh,
0: I don't think they're going to come out and say Neil Thompson's the manager for the rest of the year, but he's just the manager yeah. for the rest of the year, right? Like,
1: Surely they've got to. I mean... It's like when you get a job yourself, or you're not officially got a job yourself, but you just can not take on the person next to you that's left, yeah. and they don't tell you that you're um going to get a pay rise or anything like that. They just keep you doing it for as long as possible. Is that what we're in right now with Chan Seryan, yeah. you know Thompson? He's going to be doing the
0: and then he'll actually be uh, confirmed as full time manager.
1: I've been knocking, well, I've been I've been virtually knocking on Chan Seryan's door because he hasn't got a door because he's in Thailand. Uh, and you can't knock a door when you're in England. Uh, but I would be if I was um, Neil Thompson. I'd be ringing him every five minutes, saying, "Excuse me, I'm uh, I'm the best manager and the most successful <laughs> manager you've employed in the last uh, five years. Can you uh, make me permanent, please?"
2: Hmm. I think Thompson's just doing what he's always done. He's just yeah. being a good employee. You know, he's he's working hard for. I mean, if he gets the job permanently
0: it's going to be till the end of the season i don't think they're going to give him like right. a year and a half or anything but regardless he will be the manager on saturday as <laughs> swansea city comes to hillsborough and i'm sure the pitch like this is actually a good thing the pitch is probably going to be a disaster mm-hmm. for saturday given the way uh swansea played in the first game went justin
2: no great call uh Cause that, that is their game. It's possession. It's short passes. It's, it's, you know, it's getting the ball up front on the ground to, uh, the to, to their two strikers. Uh, they're also an in incredible form. Uh, just double checking. Now they have one, four drawn two in their last six. And uh, that included beating uh, number one Norwich to nothing on the weekend. So they're, uh, they're in great form. Um, although, I, I'd be curious. So, if you're Swansea, they're playing Man City tomorrow in the, what is this, round of 16 in the mm-hmm. FA Cup? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they feel the, you know, full squad and really put a lot of effort into this, uh, you know, they may be able to do something here. Uh, what's their value? I'm, I'm curious to see. What lineup they roll out because if they roll out a full lineup we, we may get a slightly less than squad for them on the weekend which can only help us well given where they are in
0: pushing for automatic i think you have to keep an eye on the league more than trying to beat man city at this point with the form that they're in i mean they could be looking at if, if you play norwich
1: and Man City in the same week and they're playing us afterwards <laughs> it's clearly uh one of these not like the other um and maybe they prioritize those two games and then uh roll out the youngsters against us we can hope right oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Swansea's form like you said uh, it, Justin it's, 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 it's really good um, and they made Norwich look look ordinary I watched that game on Friday actually it was a really good game uh, Norwich are a little bit off the boil at the moment so I'll, I'll give them that but still uh, they're by far one of the most informed teams up there with Brentford at the moment it's the most bit informed team so mm. uh, if we get anything out of this game I'll be very surprised
2: yeah. Um, so yeah, apparently Connor Hurahan showed up out of nowhere has been the, uh, top of their, uh, midfield behind the strikers, uh, in just three goals and three games. So, um, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, interesting about them. I remember when we, we met at the beginning of the year, uh, when we had first played them and we talked about that game, uh, we're talking about their young back line. Um, Cause they had sold uh, that guy to Spurs, Joe Roden, Rodon, whatever his name is. They'd sold him to Spurs. We were wondering how that back line was going to turn out. The back line has been dominant. Um, but they got They've given up 15 goals this season. Like that's, it's pretty nice. You know, they're plus 20 goal difference. Like this is anything out of this game is uh, thumbs up. You know, we get a point out of this game, uh, Thompson should
0: get the job. I mean, the point last time was like the goal was an Adam Reach Worldie, wasn't it? As I recall, it was. And I think we
2: played them fairly well. They played
0: well in the first uh, half. Like, yeah, IU just took yeah. them apart for like one move and they when held he on from on, there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they signed well, a lot it, of, um, they had a good transfer window too. Right? I mean, as well as
1: Conor Horihan, they got those two American guys. Is it, um, Jordan Morris from Seattle, who's a very good striker in MLS. Um, and they got, is it Ariola the other guy from DC United.
2: Oh, did they end up getting him Paul Araola? Yeah. 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 No, he's good. I don't know where I don't know where Morris would play. he's playing as a
1: striker against Norwich. I mean, he is he is uh, he is technically a bit of a winger sometimes right. it moves to, the, to The back. is pace kind of lends that but I feel like his best position is center forward. Uh and he oh. almost got a goal against Norwich too. Um but yeah, that's oh, good for him. Got some really good um uh signings this is January transfer window by far probably the best of all of the championship clubs in my eyes um Ariel is a right midfielder from dc um
2: uh, mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and
2: your us national team he's he's put in he's got a bunch of gaps
1: yeah um and obviously so uh, uh, in transfer in come Jordan morris is classed as a left winger but i i've, I've seen him play both left wing and as a center forward either way yeah. you, you've got someone who bags goals and is fast as hell um I think he's a good. Talking about fit.
0: Jordan Morris or Jordan Rhodes?
1: Jordan Morris. <laughs> Jordan Morris, unfortunately. M O
2: R I S.
0: And from Swansea, we go to the most anticipated rematch of the 2020 <laughs> 2021 championship season. Can Wednesday do it on a cold Tuesday night in Stoke? And by do it, I mean not have the most abject game in football history. Just in your thoughts
2: yes because they already had the most abject game in football history there's no way they're beating that they're much better form right now they don't have tony pulis again reminder people we we put up an expected goals of (laughs) 0.14 like if you don't know what that means go look it up like it's it's fucking astounding um so here's the thing i was i was doing this preview and i was like well I don't know. I'm sure it's got to be better than this. And maybe part of it was my beginning of the season uh, pick as Stoke as the third team going up uh, because I loved what Martin O'Neill has done and, uh, or Michael O'Neill rather, sorry. Martin O'Neill's terrible, terrible for the game of football. Uh, But Michael O'Neill was fabulous. I mean, to be mistaken,
0: you would be forgiven for thinking (laughs) that the first game was managed by Martin O'Neill versus Tony Pulis, so...
2: It would have dropped Stokes 0.53 expected goals, much lower. Yes, Jeff. Good call, though. Uh, Yeah, I like Michael O'Neill. He finished really well with them last year. They're fucking awful, and they're super fucking boring. Guess who's got uh, 32 goals for and 29 goals against? Guess who's got 12 draws? Like, Stoke is fucking boring, And, and that's, you know, I guess that's Stoke, but... Hey, guess what they're good in the air they're dangerous on long balls uh they like to lump it up front to stephen fletcher who passes it out wide now they had tyrese campbell we talked about last time uh who at the time we played them had uh six goals five assists and was tearing the league up uh blew his knee out shortly after he's done for the year um which is disappointing and their other big striker or attackers nick powell who uh has been out with a hammy injury, so he may be back in time for our game. But uh, Jeff, just because I think that you are the one who appreciates this, do you have the uh, do you have the preview open by any chance?
0: You're giving me far, far too much credit, Justin. But I my, I do have the. WhatsApp page open so I can uh... I
2: appreciate that. I just <laughs> want you to start with the section I've labeled key players oh, just yes, yes, yeah. just start reading the yes. names. I just want to see I want to I want the world to hear your response to
0: mm, seeing the to names my, of these uh...
2: players that are on Stoke City which this tells me what this game is going to be.
0: <sighs> I know I have to find it.
2: Oh well. Oh, yeah, being, sorry right? there's
0: like multiple google docs in here all right <laughs> well you said tyrese campbell who's already out for the year
2: yeah
0: nick powell who's also been out with a hamstring may, or may not be in
2: but that i think good. what you're
0: just talking about what you really want here is uh stephen fletcher yes james mclean yes john ob mccall oh yeah sam klukas oh sam klukas
2: Sam. Mor- Thank you, Jeff. Morgan. I'm worried, I'm worried
0: that Justin's getting off on these championship legends. James Chester, Danny Bath. How old is Danny Bath at this point? I think Danny Bath's just been 32 forever, so that's why. <laughs> Joe Allen, Lee Gregory, and Sam Boats. Lee- <laughs> yes.
2: Joe Allen, Lee Gregory, and Sam Books. I mean, Joe Allen, man. How long has that dude been around this league? And he's always good, but how old is he now?
0: The assume he's also the been thirty-two PLL's forever. One. Everyone on this team is thirty-two. I'm pretty sure at Stoke.
2: Uh, they actually, they actually do have a couple decent young players, uh, but it's, yeah, it's just it's so funny to look at this roster. You know, in some ways we're not dissimilar, and those players are better than our players. But I, I don't know. This is I. I. I kind of think.
0: I mean, they need, are in ninth. Somehow. We need. We
2: need points out of. We need points out of this game, though. It, it may only be one, and I think one is, is okay given what you just said. Right, they're in ninth, and they've got Joe some job players. Joe is only thirty. <sighs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I I think this is. I think this is a winnable game, but I'm not necessarily saying we're going to win because who the fuck knows which team shows up, but. Uh, the, the optimistic way, side of me says we can take points.
0: You didn't even mention Ryan Shawcross and Adam Davies in here too. I didn't mention Ryan Shawcross.
2: I should have. I should have. He hasn't played as much this year though, uh, I thought. So well, it's just, it's a stunning,
0: it, the game's is going to suck. Maybe everyone's just 30. Sam Klukas is 30. I Unless descri- we
2: take it to him.
0: I, I, I am, okay. Uh, I'm just, I'm just curious. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do any of you know how old Morgan Fox is? Twenty-six, seven. I'm gonna say he's twenty-seven. He also feels yeah. like he should be thirty-two. Nice call, Patty, yes,
2: and he's been playing like it for a few years.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I thought you know how we we sometimes struggle for news. Uh, well, actually, no, that's not true. The, the football side of Sheffield Wednesday is sometimes quite dull to talk about. Uh, but the actual club itself is actually usually quite um, a lot of things happening. So I thought, what what are Stoke City podcasts talking about? So I just, I just Googled a few Stoke City podcasts. I like while you've seven talked, of them too. And uh, the last one, I, the first one I found actually, um, which is the last episode of the Wizards of Drivel uh, Stoke City podcast. And I we, the title is uh, Wake Me Up. Wake me up inside. <laughs> <And leave. laughs> the description is: Tom, Dave, and Chris try their best to talk about something as Stoke continue to not provide us with a single talking point in the football.
2: <laughs> Fuck, man, we should have done a meet up with them.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, maybe we'll try and hook up with the, the Wizards of Drivel before the Stoke game on Tuesday. <laughs> they seem equally as bored by them as we do. Uh,
2: by By the way, just speaking of that, like even defensively, that's how Stoke plays. Like they don't press they just we're gonna see some more of that simpsons uh, football
1: again <laughs> i really hope we don't go for that too
0: do so we have any other business patty
1: <laughs> i'm frantically booking meetings for 2 p.m tuesday afternoon
0: you been listening to episode 126 of the owls Cast. you can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com you can email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com find and follow us on twitter and instagram at owlsamericas our podcast, Intro and Bumpers, by fellow Wednesdays, Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls of America, has, we ask that you rate and review the show. Help us more Wednesdays. Find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter, at New England Owl. If we will bring it back full circle, Justin, better look. 80s Depeche Mode cover band, leather jacket, or purple, green, yellow, striped keeper kit?
2: Uh, I'm going the 80s Depeche Mode jacket because despite the fact that I really dislike 80s, well, most 80s music, especially American rock, uh, I appreciate uh, Ainsworth's uniqueness amongst managers. There's There's no suit and there's no track suit. He manages to somehow find his own uh, find his own deal. So good on him.
0: Patty is on Twitter at Patty A Jones and at New York Owls. Patty, your thoughts on the sartorial splendor we saw today?
1: I, I love um, Ainsworth. I think he's a great character. So I'm all in for the leather jacket look that he was rocking today. Even though he seems to dye his hair a little bit red, kind of like as a kind of very all, ginger. All, yeah, all aging rockers tend to do. Um, he's gone a little bit kind of uh, bronzy um but i'm all for that i mean he's uh he's a great character so fair play to him
0: i'm on twitter at jeff petter i'm all for leaning in especially on the anniversary of the kevin pressman penalty kick against wolves <laughs> the more 90s the goalkeeper kit the better and we'll see you next week